dish we are here and we have been researching and we have for heather places to eat brunch we have brunchy spots for you brunch where they're and girl you got my heart on a brunch i want a buffet too do you really i do i just i'm fine to like i actually went back to kenwood kenwood uh, has an amazing brunch where we not a buffet not a buffet beautiful food but amazing really great stuff had a big old pancake for the table again so delicious a pistachio uh, pancake. Right, right. Okay, so what are our three places that we picked, or four? So right away, I thought of Baltimore, right, which is in Roseville, which is Randy Stanley's place. It's locally owned. It doesn't act like it because it seems kind of fancy, but it is locally <laughs> you owned. Say that locals can't be fancy. Well, like it kind of seems like it would be a chain because it's, it's in the polished. parking lot and it's polished. And, yeah, it's by a mall, so yeah. you tend to think of it. But that it way. is locally owned, and they <clears> do delicious food, and they still have. A salad buffet. They have all the buffet, the carved meat. So Baldemar would be one of the spots on my list. Well, in his other space, Six Smith across the Metro Wyzetta is the is the balance to that. So it's the same. Yep. Same kind of presentation, same yep. sort of thing. So whether you're on either side of town and you want like a big fancy load up your plate brunch buffet situation, Baldemar and Six Smith would be great options. Another one that's a little more on the classic side would be Jack's. Jack's is still doing a buffet. It is classic. It is old school. It's in Minneapolis. It's over in Northeast. In the summer, they have the catch your own trout. <laughs> they really. Uh, I, don't think they, I don't know if they do that anymore, though. Do I they? think they do. They do did they it. Still? Yeah, I think oh my so. God, that's I mean, amazing. okay. Can we just like, okay, since they have they done it since COVID? No idea. Oh, because right. no everything's idea. been so weird and right. we're going in year three. You're so right. we have no idea. But we just like to remember the things that they were doing. <laughs> and if they ha- do them again, you should probably call and check. Yes. And always call and check on everything in a restaurant these days because everything you thought isn't. And everything you thought isn't is. Right. It's like very confusing. But I can tell you, Jack's Cafe, great spot for brunch. And if you go, if you want to head out to uh, way out to Lake Elmo, the Lake Elmo Inn is a legendary brunch spot and so legendary good. buffet legendary it'd be a little bit of a trip yeah like well we don't know right where she lives Woodbury. maybe she lives in woodbury yeah <laughs> that wouldn't be a trip we at didn't all. ask that dang it lake anyway. elmo inn there you go there's our there's our choices all right so we are in the second hour of our show where we always give you the two things we're obsessed with right now in the top two an hour two give me the old one two one two and now the weekly dish presents top two top two the top two pick your best two in our two all right give me two all right you want me to go or you want to go you start all right i'm going to start with k's revolutionary catering i know i talked a little bit about them in the opening uh part about the behind the stories stories behind the menu um, but these two women, Chef Kay and Mariam Omari, are uh, caterers. And you guys, we always like ask about, you know, people call and they're like, oh, I need someone for a grad party or I need someone to do, you know, like a brunch or whatever. You know, I'd say hanging out with this 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 uh, crew of Kay's Revolutionary Catering um, 
was amazing and they were fun and they were their food was great and it was something that I I would not have had unless I was at a dinner with them you know sometimes you know that's the hardest part for me for catering is you can't really experience it unless you're right you know what I mean like I can pop into restaurants all day long and be able to like sit at the bar for 10 minutes get a vibe take a snack have a drink and kind of get what the what the thing is but caters you don't know until you're invited to an event or a party or something so um so I have to just tell you that I now I can fully say that I loved everything that they made from uh, we had this spiced lamb on top of this red bean. I love it when you love lamb. Oh, my, no, I know. <laughs> it makes me I so happy. never did. And it's hard for me to like lamb. And this spiced lamb was so tender and she marinated it for two days. And it was like on this red bean, it, like mash that Yum. I was like, I couldn't stop eating it in a peanut sauce. Ate I like was sucking Yum. on the uh, the lamb bone at the end. It was amazing. Um, so I just want to recommend these ladies because they can do catering for anything. Like and it and I mean they do all sorts of food. Just to re- like they do have a beautiful way with soul food, but they've also got like crab cakes on the menu. You know the potential. They do charcuterie. They do wings. They've got uh, you know fried cauliflower, shrimp cocktail. They've got all sorts of things. And by doing this, you know, and by employing these women, you're just sort of also, you know, you're supporting a black woman-owned business yes. in Minnesota. And I just think that that's always a wonderful thing. So Kay's Revolutionary Catering is who they are. Who's your second? Who's your first one? Okay, my first one is. I think maybe I've said this a long time ago, but it was it's worth repeating. Certic Sidebar. We went, we play pickleball. If you, I would also say if you're a pickleballer or you want to check out pickleball, Lucky Shots Pickleball in Columbia Heights is fantastic. So we've been playing pickleball and then we eat dinner after and Northeast is usually where we end up. And Certix Sidebar is a restaurant inside Certix. It's in the old cheese shop. They made the cheese shop smaller and added a restaurant space. Just so good. Like great service, beautiful wine list. I had sea bream that had like a Sabillon lemon cream with farro and um, cauliflower. It was delicious. We had falafel on top of this beet mash. Delicious. The burger there was just homemade pickles, like this really like cheesy, almost cheese sauce versus cheese. It was so good. Everything we had was delicious. Uh, we had a starting off cocktail that was really nice, beautiful glassware. It's just a great neighborhood bistro that makes you feel good eating there. Certix Sidebar, loved good. it. Love it. Good, good, good. So I'm going to, my second one is uh, kind of an interesting thing. I dipped back into a place that I haven't been in a long, long time. And it was kind of that thing of like, well, I know what they're all about. So, but I don't because it was Burrow. And I haven't been oh. to Burrow in, I didn't even know how long. But um, because it's always like we go down to parlor, we get drinks, we get a burger. Right. But I don't go and sit up in Burrow for dinner. And I have to tell you, it was delightful. And they have a new chef there. Um, his name is Ben Munster, I think. And he's a Dane. He's from Denmark. And he's but they, this isn't Danish cooking. He's just doing really interesting, good food. We had a killer pork chop Yum. that had sort of forbidden black rice, you know, broken rice on the bottom and these little poppers on top. And it was sort of it was it was outstanding. It was a little bit of a Korean flavor to it, but Yum. it wasn't overwhelmingly. Um, we had deviled eggs that had like cheddar somehow in the mix in the Yum. deviled egg part. And I was like, this is like an elevation. Um, and But most importantly, we had a server. His name was Cullen and he was 
fantastic. He engaged with us. He chatted us up with all the right things. He gave answered every single question. He was on top of it to the point where we talked wine with him. Which bottle should we order? He said he didn't know this one. We said, have a glass. He tasted it with us. We all had a moment. It was wonderful. I love that. Yeah. So, And I like Burl. Well, I mean, like, and how long has it been since you've gone back for dinner? Boy, Probably a long two years. time. I mean, before the pandemic. Right. So my uh, my big thing was vi- revisiting old friends and like, go check yeah. out some of those places that maybe you haven't been. Like, I know we always get sucked into this shiny and the new and everything else, but maybe some of the other places have new experiences that you just don't know yet. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. What's your um, second? Sorry, I took it. All right. And then we have, okay, so you talked about Kay's catering. Which this is different than Kay's catering, but it got me on this train of thought about this sauce. Yeah. And it is Chef Flo Kay's Afrique sauce. Oh. And it is a bottled sauce and it comes in medium or hot. And it is like yeah. this African flavoring sauce that you can use. It's tomato paste, bell peppers, onions, cayenne pepper, curry. You can use it with um, to it's, make a sauce. So you yeah. can use it to make curry. You can use it to make spaghetti sauce. You could use it in a burger. You could use it to make rice. I love that it's called on the bottle sauce, gravy, and marinade. It's like however you want to use this. And it is kind of like that. Uh, yeah. Chef Flo K, uh, she used it in like a rice dish. But I've used it to uh, braise chicken thighs. It's just, it's delicious. So it is Afrique sauce. It is available in Hy-Vee. You can order it online. You can also find it at Kowalski's, North Market, or Season Specialty Food Markets on Grand Avenue. I usually have a bottle of this in my kitchen. I love it. Great. Marvelous. Well, there it is. There it is. All right. All right. We got to so, break. Is it time? It's it is time. time. All right. We'll go ahead and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. Thanks. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Um, we have, by the way, Tim Niver is going to be on with us in a little bit in uh, <clears throat> in the next segment. We want to talk a little bit about kind of the restaurant world and things that are happening in there and, you know, kind of what it is to be a restaurateur right now. Because we were just talking, like, it's so odd. Like, there's some people, and this is no judgment what I'm going to say before I say it. <laughs> there are some people that are still so afraid to leave their houses and then on the opposite side of that spectrum, there are people that are like planning to go to Coachella, you know, and it's this unmasked. Un- there's a lot of. Yeah, there's, there's a- this whole range going on. Right. And we did say that there is, you know, the mask mandates, um, you know, the vaccination mandates are lifted. Um, but then the mask mandates are still in place, I believe. And I believe that St. Paul extended theirs longer than ever, longer than the end of the month. But I think Minneapolis is still tracking to to be at the end of the month lifted. The infection rate is under 10% as of this morning. Um, Washington State, I was just telling you, Washington State, where, you know, giant babies out in Tacoma, um, it, they said that they are lifting their all, ma- all mask mandates in schools and public places by the end of... Um, the 21st of March, which is a month away, for mm-hmm. gosh sake. But I, I think even like Orno, my, you know, my old former school, uh, I think they are done with their masks in schools. Mm-hmm. I think they sent out a note saying that that's the case. And you're going to see that in a lot of places, too. I think Minnetonka did the same thing. So I don't know. I mean, like it's we're and we're saying how it's we're all in a really strange place, you know, as far as knowing 
everyone's had in a weird way a different stage of this pandemic <laughs> and they're all in different stages you and i are both like in that sweet spot of like oh i got infected so now i'm invincible yeah and there's but i respect you know there's never not a mask in my pocket and you know and i walk into places i've been all around the city recently this week and i walk in with a mask on and i wait to see what the deal is and then i yep do my thing and i go to the places and and i was talking to an operator who was saying that he um you know he's working on getting a place open i won't say which cuz that's that was yep. when we weren't talking about public stuff but he's working on opening a place um for the season and you know, he had a couple servers who were saying, well, we can't put this many tables in there. He's like, this is going to be, we're not opening this until like May. He's like, let's get as many tables as we can in here. It's not, it's going to be so much better then. And there's a difference. She was very, the server was very like, uh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. And he's like, we're talking months away from now. Yep. And this is this mentality. I think that's, I don't know how, I don't know how do we get to the next side? I don't know either. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, somebody in my sphere, was not wearing a mask and we were having a conversation and she was like, I realized I have a pimple on my nose. It's the first time I have like seen my nose <laughs> and we were laughing. She was like, I'm kind of like, like lipstick. I'm going to have to refresh my lipsticks. They're three years old. Yeah. Just, yeah, we were laughing like, wow, what is that going to feel like when you can see someone's whole face? I know. Well, and you know, and again, I, you know, there was the idea of, we don't really know what's coming to, if there is another one, mm-hmm. you know, on the way or not. And then there's, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know what, I don't know how to do anything anymore. <laughs> Which is a good place to be, you know, and and to feel all the things and to sort of, you know, I mean, like I said, it's it's different for everyone. And I'm trying to respect that. Whereas I understand that, like, people would not be as comfortable as I am if they have not been infected. Well, and I think, too, hospitality has been so on the front lines and the fear has been so great because they've continued to work amongst all of this. Yes. And, you know, if you're a white collar worker, you just stay home. So that feels a little bit different that you have that flexibility um, is there a four shot too? Like, I don't know. Are we supposed to be getting four shots? They say if you're immune compromised, you should. But does immune compromise compromised means you've had a bone marrow transplant or that you have asthma? Like there's a real range there too. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't know either. I know. And then they were saying, you know, and then there was these reports in Israel that the, the four shot wasn't working. Right. And then, I mean, there's so many things. And we're this global community now, and we're all watching each other, but yet we're also, you know, can't do the same things. And I'm in Mexico, and I'm in Ixtapa, and on the day that we were leaving and flying home, there was a giant um, vaccine clinic, and there was probably a mile-long line of people that were middle-aged, not old, not young, going to get their vaccines. They were lined up like crazy. So they're still just vaccinating in the first round, second round, second shot. I know. And there's a lot of feelings, you know, and there's and hospitality is not easy. And I know that there's, you know, places that are still talking about that can't necessarily open because people don't want to be in that space anymore. And I get it. And I wonder. But it is interesting to me how some of the hospitality things that we thought were like going to take over. Think about ghost kitchens. We don't even see ghost kitchens anymore. I mean, they're kind of a dud. We don't talk about them because they don't. People are like, oh, I'd actually rather be. But I mean, I'm telling you the money that was invested into the idea of ghost kitchens, that that was going to be our future. Yeah, like that is a significant thing that just fell and is like, oh, and granted, there are a lot of places that are not us, you know, in Minnesota. And there are places that it's used more. Um, There's a great photo about all the Amazon or all the 
Amazon food delivery guys, you know, or like the little robots in Berkeley in California. Like apparently someone put a a scooter, like they parked a scooter in the wrong place. And so then there was this line of food delivery bots, which were like stuck because they can't go forward because they couldn't go around it and they couldn't. Right. There was a whole thing. And so then they were like backed up and some guys over there and he like moves the scooter, like just moves the scooter like three inches. And then they all start going forward. So weird. So then like we have to save the delivery robots, basically. Yep. So, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know what kind of food innovations, you know. I think that there's such, there's really great things that happened in terms of home cooking from these last couple of years. I mean, we're coming up on the two-year. In a month, we have the two-year mark of this. And I think absolutely more people are cooking at More home. people are cooking for and sure. And enjoying it. Yeah. That's good for us. And, I mean, we talk about both sides of the eating out and the home cooking. Also, those supply chain so recognizing that maybe our food supply chain system isn't awesome and needs some improvement and relying more on some of our local farmers yeah. and hopefully some of the organic farms will finally get some subsidies and some of that yeah will change. Well, and I wonder about even like, you know, the way that I keep thinking about Wiker Acres up in, you mm-hmm. know, up north in Minnesota who, you know, raising heritage hogs and raising heritage beef and 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 deciding that like maybe relying on restaurants isn't your best farm model because he lost all his orders and he had all these animals and it was like wait a minute so opening up a you know direct to consumer situation for him turned out to be the saving grace and maybe that's going to sustain him in a better way then, you know, maybe he can cultivate directly with people yeah. something that's more than just waiting for the restaurant to place an order yep so I mean, and maybe he can do both and that would be great, you know, but I mean, having those moments, I think, and also maybe has put all of us into a space where we know we've chosen to know our farmers and, you know, buying our pigs and doing all that kind of stuff. I think that's so crazy that we bought, that was like 2018, wasn't it? That That we we bought the pig? Yeah. Yeah. That we split the half hog. Mm -hmm. I know. It's crazy. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm interested to see what, how this goes forward. I'm interested to see the impact of this and even in, you know, the next bunch of years, you know, how, how really, I think in like two years from now, we're going to have reverberations that we have no idea how this is going to I think impact. it's profound the amount of talent that's left the business too. Yeah. Like the amount of chefs that have left, the amount of front of the house that have left and just are realizing that that wasn't a sustainable lifestyle for them. So at the same time that that's happening, there's this whole new class of people coming in, but they seem to be redefining yeah. their hours, redefining they what They have it a means. whole different idea of what it should look like. And that's cool too. And just interesting yeah. and changing. And yeah, if you guys remember, I wrote that, I wrote a piece in the magazine a couple months back about uh, the four year plan. It was called, and it was Alex Warren of bird in the hand, the guy who's doing the pop-ups. And he's one of those people who's like, well, I mean, we're only going to work X amount of hours and everybody's going to have a steak and we're all going to like his idea of what a restaurant is, is totally different from what, you know, we used to think of. So yeah, I'm excited to get, we're going to, we're going to dial up Tim Niver, you guys, we're going to get his take on some of this stuff that we're talking about. And we're going to just kind of think about what the restaurants are going to look like. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. We've been talking about the restaurant scene and the changes that have been coming and are happening as we're coming up to the two-year anniversary of the of the shutdown. And so we have Tim Niver to join us on the on the show. Are you there, Mr. Niver? Yeah, hi. How are hi, you? Hi, Tim Niver. Hi, everybody. I'm doing good. It's really nice to hear your voices. I've been listening in for the last 45 minutes or so after I did my 
Oh, calisthenics. Good. Okay, long good. time no see, out. but I'm glad you got your calisthenics in. <laughs> <laughs> you got to lift that coffee cup. Um, so you are someone who have, we love to have you on. You've been on the show a few times to talk about, you know, kind of the state of the, I like to say it, the state of the plate. But, um, you know, kind of thinking about all the stuff you've been through. I And you have uh, always been an outspoken voice for restaurants. And I think that that's sort of, do you feel like that's become your new place in, in the city? Uh, no. You have a no, podcast. I, no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think I do feel like, you know, I'm a little more motivated to to have a voice in general for myself okay. because of the things that have happened. I dare I speak for what's going on or anybody else out there. I definitely try to figure out a, when I'm talking about stuff, a place in, that's relatively neutral, just kind of looking at things. And, you know, seeing if there's, you know, we can glean some something in on a, a new angle on our business or to kind of consider or help people consider where others might be, um, you know, and just to kind of like figure out a place, to be honest. So uh, to speak for the restaurant community, no, to speak about it for sure. That's a that's a good distinction. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I and I hear you because. You know, there's so many diverse experiences and this like the restaurant community is really just this crazy tapestry of independently owned, you know, like nodules. (laughs) And everyone has different, you know, kind of everyone's getting through this differently for sure. Tim, All the deals were made before the pandemic, you know, for for a lot of these restaurants went through all the deals were made before the pandemic. So um, we're literally kind of, we're literally trying to do something that was a deal made two years ago. And the circumstances are so dramatically different now that living up to those commitments is, is very difficult. Um, and, and so, you know, we're just trying to like, you know, find a bridge, find a pathway to kind of get to the other side of this. And I heard you talking about, you know, what new restaurateurs are doing and, and, and it, it's it's so much change, right? Right. So through this, restaurants are saying we need some back because we've just given everything and we're exhausted. And then and then um, so we're trying to reestablish ourselves and a thing that's more sustainable. And then also we're trying to make it palatable to people, right? So that it feels good and inviting in the new era to come in and it's comfortable. Yeah. And then we're you know still have no idea you know, kind of what the cities look like through the pandemic, through some of these uh, social uh, scenarios that we've also um, have to deal with. And so, you know, like that whole, that whole thing is, is confusing, but I, it's in a, you see people adapting and that's really it. If you were, if you could ask for anything, it's that through this change, you see people updating their models and trying to figure it out. And I think I talked about um, when I was talking about me or whatever, the industry, talk about, you know, uh, the public in general just kind of giving us a minute to kind of, you know, find the way. Yeah. And that's it. I think that's it. We all need to, like, respect everybody's personal positions. And they're very niche. Every Everything we all need right now is very niche to ourselves. And so... 
perfect time to kind of understand just blanketed respect where people are for themselves personally. Yeah. I have a um, question. Start there. I yeah. have a question that I've wanted to ask you, Tim. So you had Moochies in the uptown area that you have since closed. Can yeah. like what percentage of that closing decision was because of what's happening to uptown because of the social unrest that occurred last summer? Hmm. Hmm. Well, let me just say it like this. If I could still be there, I would. So it would didn't that doesn't matter at all to me. I, I just I would rather have been there than not. Okay. Yeah, so, because that's yeah. it was not a decision of the social unrest, though some of the result of the social the unrest impact. Is that it, it there are less people there in well, general. And I bring that that's kind of my point is so I feel really bad that like through no fault of your own, through no nothing that you did, no amount of execution, no amount of staffing, no amount of great food could have made a difference probably in that instance because some of these places like Uptown has just been gutted and it makes me just sad and I can't wait until some of these places can start to rebuild or rebuild in a different way or other places rise up in to fill the void because... I mean, it's just sad. Yeah, it really is. It, it feels it feels sad. You know, um, I had the uh, opportunity to talk with Dean Phillips the other day. On yeah, I'm excited for that one. Neverland. And it was a real basic general conversation. Like, and, and it's okay that restaurants close, right? You know, this is this is going to be a huge event. And it's, it's okay that they close. Like, you know, it just happens. And it happened before this too, right? Yeah. Uh, in extreme months, it's really a risky business. It's really hard. But we get to the other side of this, and it's like if, you know, for example, Trattori Mucci had received funding um, in that particular location, um, something to keep the lights on through a hard time in a hard place, that would have been a really good place to try to keep the lights on yeah. for some more funding. And But, you know, you know the timing wasn't mine, and, and so – and, and, and I also see that closing it, you know, as a business person, that was the right time for me to close. Yep. So while I didn't want to leave and I wanted to be there, I, I couldn't get the funding to do it. It was the right decision. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you have to move on sometimes. This is business. It's, I know. Well, we are risk takers. It's, it... But you hate to see a part of town kind of lose its mojo. But let me say... Just off, well, they can't say it off the record, can I? No, I, no I you're live on air. A bunch of people whose names you know have considered going into that space already. Yes. And they've already walked through it. Yes. So I can tell you that the, and not even necessarily the new guard, but just everybody who's out there should also be smelling opportunities. And, and it's not all bad. We have this productive nature as restaurateurs, this creative nature. And if we can kind of just, keep stoking that i think that's important and i think some of these funds could keep stoking that and also keep some of our regulars around a little bit longer and less distress yes but we don't know what's coming back fully and we just so you know we're still all kind of like staring at the abyss a little bit the abyss looks a little less so than an abyss now you know but i think i think you know um positivity has to start taking over again somehow I think, and I think it is, and I think that there's something to say about. I think, you know, I've been doing a lot of this looking for the at over the last two years and thinking about where we were 
in March of 2020 and, and in those following months. And now you and I talked a lot about, you were the first one to say to me, like, um, it's not going to be the same on the other side of this. It's not a couple months. And even if it is, it's not going to be the same. And I remember feeling mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, you're right. And hitting that reality and accepting it and moving into a space where then you accept that. And then you say, okay, but now what? And I feel like we're finally, I feel like even last summer, we kind of were like, no, no, everything's great. And we're going to party hot back summer. That's not the same yeah. as acceptance and moving onward, you know? No, right. In the last, you know, when we got a taste of the freedom and then, and, and then it kind of, you know, got reined in again. And we were understanding that that was possibility, I think. But we, we just, it's kind of an extension of things we have no idea about, you know? And it's like, okay, okay, okay. So we're kind of still, you know, being fed um, a little bit of, of what we have to do instead of what we want to eat. You know what I mean? It's, it's right. still hard out there, but um, we're coming through. Yeah. You One way it? or another. You're feeling, are you feeling, what One are the things that you're feeling optimistic we're about? coming through. Well, you know, I think, I think for me, I'm looking at the things we're doing in-house and I'm watching Adam eat and have another uh, kind of inspirational time at the restaurant. He's really putting out very good food. This kind of makes of North, you know, I'm like, do what you want, man, you know, right. <laughs> do what makes you happy. And so he's cooking food. That's really fun. It's international. Um, there's a lot of Mexican on the menu. So we're just like doing things with flavor that we want to do. And, and, and that, that fills me up. And then over at Moochie's, you know, in particular and personally, um, through the help of our um, uh, benevolent partners, we've been able to add an addition and make a make a deal to 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 do so. Um, and the addition in the patio is is a thing that you know in a hard time really gives us a look at what we uh, could have for the future. And we look at that as a huge investment in Muchin St. Paul. You know, uh, being stalwart in the neighborhood and and hanging as long as we can. And so. Uh, that reinvestment in what you do is important too. So you're not just kind of considering, you know, what you had before, you know, now it's like, okay, this is what we need to do. And so you have to be motivated to, to look to the next step and take that step. And, and, and so that's what I'm looking for personally. And I hope, you know, I hope that people find this is another, you know, a, a momentum changer and not in a bad way, you know, that, that, that they see that, you know, you can have, a good business and a, a personal lifestyle that fits you. Yeah. And then you can craft that for yourself yeah. and still have it be something delightful and uh, enjoy your life at the same time. You can, and yeah. A, you can still be a in general that understands be a professional in this industry and creating this industry as you go, but you can also then still be creating yourself. I think that's the biggest it's thing that I hope the best chance we've had to redefine our industry and ourselves within it. Ever. Yeah. And I go agree. visit Adam Eaton at St. Dinette and see what food he's <laughs> cooking because that kid is incredible. Well, I mean, it really is. Oh, you're nice. That's really true. Well, okay. Uh, you know, this is it's a good, it's a bad time, but it's a good time. You know, there's a lot out there to be thankful for. Always, we need to be grateful true. for everything we have. True. Um, so, yeah. I love it. I am. All right. So if you want to listen to more of Tim Niver, of course, he has Niver Niverland, the podcast that uh, is. Have you released the whole second season or just the first part of it? Uh, first part of it. Dean, first part of it. Rick Nelson. Yes. Oh, that was it was really good. It was really good. It was just so fun to sit with him. It was uh, comforting chat. And then 
Dean Phillips this week, and then we get a little, we have a little different angle on the third show you see. And you're not going to tell us who? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll tell you who because it's you, Steph March. Okay. And Stephanie Hinton. Um, Denise from Great Tree Healing, our energy healer. Excellent. Um, and she's so the lady that saged the spaces. Of, uh, this is exciting. This is going to be great. I love Denise. I've had a reading from Denise. This is going to be oh, great. Oh, yeah. She's just great. Exciting. I love it. Okay, so stay tuned for that, you guys. If you want to dial up Niver Niverland, we'll put a link on the show page. Go visit uh, Mr. Niver and his restaurants. We got Moochies. We got St. Dinah. We've got all the good things coming for you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you. We talk to you Thank later. You. Bye, Tim. We'll be right back. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today and always. And, of course, if you're listening to this to us on, like, Sunday on your treadmill, we love you for doing that because that means you've dialed us up on the podcast. Or and, Wednesday. Or Wednesday or Monday afternoon. I love it. Just means that we are here for you when you need us. And I think that that's one of those gifts that we get to give you. So Yes. There and we go. always respond to all your emails and your texts and all the things. You respond to all of those? I try. I, I don't. <laughs> I would love to, you guys. I really would. My favorite one is when it's like, I know that this is really a question for Stephanie March, but I can't get a hold of her. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, and then I you're know. like, um, I'll help you out <laughs> I'll here. do it. Right? No, that's true. Um, so I know that we had a lot of talking about restaurants the last, uh, segments and, you know, having Tim Nimer on, it was just lovely to hear, you know, an operator's point of view and get, we like to do that every once in a mm-hmm. while because otherwise it's just you and me sitting here pontificating. Um, and I like to, you know, really get their, their whole point of view. I went to stepchild last night. We could pontificate about that. How was that? It was great. Yeah. Really felt fresh. Yeah. Just Loved. a different kind of gig, right? Yeah. It, it's like small. It's intimate. Uh, it felt kind of world flavory. I really liked it. It was full of young people. Yeah, it's you know I what I love about the whole vibe for that place. They uh, and I'm gonna say his name is Kamal, who's the owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he his whole thing is like you know what it's called stepchild because basically they want to be that place where is like you know it's kind of like family but you're not really family. Right. Like they don't want to bill it as like your family space because then people are like oh so i bring my kids and all you know and he's like no no it's like for the people who live in the apartments around here this is just like your kind of secret space and it feels like that feels like so it felt very warm and yeah neighborhoody yeah for like if you don't necessarily have like the big especially for people in minnesota who don't have the extended families like this is just a little bit of a a little space for you they had these awesome dumplings and um we had good fried chicken it was good um, it's restaurant week. Yeah. Starting on Monday. Is. Just letting you know. I just wanted to highlight a few places sure. on Please restaurant do. week that are um, open. All Saints, which if you have not been, is in the same That's neighborhood. That's on my list next. Yeah. So they have a $35 dinner, you guys. If you want to go check them out, the charred cucumbers on the appetizers portion Yum. is delicious. And they've got Pappardelle with a mushroom bolognese that I would recommend if you're looking for something vegetarian. The pork chop is outstanding. So that's Yum. All Saints in North East. Um, some of the other ones that maybe you haven't seen before. Well, actually, I was just talking about Burrow. Burrow has a uh, $40 dinner for Restaurant Week. Three courses. They've got those mixed greens. They've got a seafood risotto, which looks astounding. A bavette. Yum. American Wagyu. Yes. I love a bavette. You love a bavette. So maybe go check out Burrow for Restaurant Week. Um, here's one. We have uh, the Bulvinos Churrascaria in St. Paul. Oh, sure. You know? It's new. I know. So it's over by the uh, 
slaughterhouse, right? It's, it's in, in the South old, St. Paul. It's in the old Heartland space. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. I'm confused. That's the place that's the Argentinian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tables, it's like all you can eat, you know, with like the whole like buffet thing. Actually, we should have sent, we should have sent the buffet brunch there. Because okay. they've got that huge salad situation going on, I love right? A good salad situation. I mean, basically, a, a Brazilian churrascaria is like a big buffet. A giant buffet and they that come comes around to, and carve meat for you. you. Yep. <laughs> Wait, I'm having a revelation right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, Bungalow Club, one of our favorites. They are doing a $40 dinner for Restaurant Week. They've got rice porridge. That sounds good with a puri puri chili and a soft egg. Yes. They've got roasted trout. Stuffed squash. Oof. Yum. That sounds good. I like to say oof, apparently. I get called on that. Oof. Um, oof. Uh, and then I was there. And Estelle is back for Restaurant Week. I wanted oh, to call that's such them. a great spot. You love them. I do love them. $45 dinner. For $45 dinner. Uh, they've got three courses. Does going. it come? Is the dessert that chocolate bar thing, that gold chocolate bar? The Petite Donata. Okay, that's not it, no. you guys. Oh, the Star Bar. Okay. Maple, coffee, nougat, peanuts, caramel, and salt. Is it worth it? Yeah. Just for that? Uh-huh. Okay. It is. Okay. Well, you can start with uh, some arancini or some uh, shrimp al ajalio. I do like arancini. Oof. Braised beef. I'm in. Um, and then there was one other I wanted to call out. Is it both lunch and dinner this that year? That one is just dinner at a step. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, who was the other one that I had said I was... Oh, so Travail's... Uh, Nouvelle Brewing, you know, that they turned uh, Pig Ate My Pizza is on there. Yep. You and I went and had dinner there. I liked it. Yeah. I liked the beer a lot. Yeah. They're doing a $30 dinner. You can get that pork belly curry. Remember that green pork belly I curry? I do. And it was really good. Outstanding. Um, but you can also get a cheese pizza if you are absolutely needing it. And one other was the, uh, I wanted to shout out, O'Shaughnessy is on there as well. Oh. When you just had the whole thing with them, their I distillery. Did. They're doing what a $30 they doing? dinner. They have a it's basically an appetizer game. Like you get to like sort of run the whole shrimp toast. You've got roasted mushrooms. They've got chicken skewers, walleye puppies, juicy Lucy meatballs, all like that sort it. of stuff. Okay. So there you go. So that's restaurant week. Remember you guys with restaurant week, you don't have to make reservation. It does help. If you do make a reservation, if you want to check out any of the menus and pregame and think where you want to go all week, um, you can check it out on mspmag.com slash restaurant week. Yum. There you go for that. So that's what I got to go there. Um, Otherwise, I did want to shout out the Union Monk Kitchen uh, community-supported restaurants. That's the other thing. Which, have we talked about this? Whoops. No. So Union Monk Kitchen is, uh, you know, Yevang has started the idea that, you know, they wanted to do community-supported restaurant, like a CSR, like a CSA from your farm. And I got to tell you guys, it's a great deal. Because if you put 250 bucks in, you not only get 300 bucks in gift cards... So you're making money on this, but you get this massive like spice kit that comes with it. Yeah. That's like a $65 value. And that spice kit, I got it for Ellie for Christmas. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, it's the umami. Uh, yeah. And if you do the $500 mushroom umami, you get 600 bucks back and you get the spice kit and you get that rice cooker, which is like that thing that he had that big round thing with the basket. Remember the yep. purple rice thing? So I'm telling you, it's a good deal. And also it helps them and it helps them. It has helped them. They're not paying themselves. So it helped them hit payroll for their workers. Um, they also do have a corporate tier. If you're thinking about doing corporate lunches and they'll give you gift cards in exchange that you can hand out to your employees. Oh, so, I like that. Yeah. Isn't that a good idea? Uh-huh. That's what I got. I keep it in okay. the day. All right. Well, I don't know if you're going out and about. It's going to be cold. I didn't do any weather today because I just I'm so sick of it. So good luck. <laughs>
You guys have a great week. Ciao, ciao.